you be seated. Let's pray together. Father, we have come to sing blessed be the name and great is the Lord and how great thou art and what a mighty God we serve. And, and Lord, we just come to worship you, to fellowship, to pray. Father, to seek your face and to hear a word from you through your word. And Lord, I just I'm so thankful tonight for folks that have gathered in this place and others that are worshiping with us online. God bless each one in a special way. And, and we just commit this service to you, God, and, and ask that your Holy Spirit might touch us tonight and, and move us closer to you. And Lord, wherever people might be worshiping, that they might feel your spirit as well. And so, Father, we just love you, and we have come to, to worship you and, again, to seek you in everything we say and do. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'd like to welcome you here tonight again. A special welcome to those of you worshiping with us in this place and others who are worshiping from home. We are so thankful that you have tuned in on a Wednesday night to be a part of this service. We hope and pray that you do feel the presence of the Lord wherever you might be worshiping. I want to remind you of a couple of things. Don't forget, this Saturday from 5 to 7 will be our trunkless treasures. Uh, folks are going to come in the front entrance and, and file through uh, the portico, and we're going to be giving out candy that's been pre-bagged. I so appreciate all of you who uh, have brought candy and those of you who filled the bags and so grateful to have this opportunity not only to give the sweetness of the candy, but also the plan of salvation that will be in each bag and that children we pray might come to know Christ or their families uh, through this season. But thank you so much for your support. I'm also grateful uh, that we have a band that will be playing out on the front porch as folks are driving by. So if you're waiting in your car with your window down, you'll hear some good music. And so I'm so grateful for that as well. But so glad you're here tonight. I'm grateful that my brother Tim is here. Bill is away this week uh, visiting with family and taking some time. And I'm grateful that Tim is here to lead us in some worship. So at this time, Tim, if you would lead us once again. Thank you. I'm gonna sing now a, um, a new song that probably you may have heard on Christian radio if you listen to Christian radio. And it's by the singer-songwriter Josh Baldwin. And I saw a video of him talking about this song and he's actually written this song during the pandemic and he just, in this song talks about how God always being there with us and to calm our fears and just he's always faithful to us. So this song is called Evidence. All throughout my history. 
now I'm going to sing, if I have any voice left, a, um, a song that I wrote several years ago. And um, it talks about, this song that I did sing talked about fear and the fear that we may have experienced during the pandemic. But it talks about being not afraid to live for Jesus. So the name of this is I'm Not Afraid. Thank you, Tim, for leading in those uh, beautiful songs. And what a great message and song that we would not be afraid to live for Jesus, who is not afraid to die for you and me. What a great reminder that every day we should live life to its fullest for the glory of God and for everything that Christ has done for us. Over the last several weeks, we've been going through a series about how to pray looking specifically how we can grow in an intimate relationship with God. We've certainly been using uh, God's Word along with a, a book written by Pastor Ronnie Floyd, and it's been a, a great study. We all, if you've had any relationship with Christ, I hope that you've had a prayer life. But maybe there have been seasons where your prayers have been uh, more faithful or more committed to your prayers than others. But as we've talked about, we should have a daily time with God and to have an awareness of the presence of God by praying continually or without ceasing throughout the day. But early on, uh, when this crisis, this pandemic uh, hit, one of the church, one of our church members gave me this mask that says, pray through it. And uh, I, I love that, to pray through it. 
And maybe you've heard that phrase uh, instead of pray through it, but, but maybe you've, you've heard it said how to pray it through. And uh, when we say help us to pray it through, it's talking about praying until we see a change, until we see a breakthrough, when we see the situation or the circumstance uh, become better or different. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, just for a few moments, how to pray it through. Have you ever had something or someone you've been praying for for a long period of time, and you've wondered if God's hearing your prayer, or if your prayer's ever going to be answered, or again, the circumstance is ever going to be changed. I've shared on many occasions when I've prayed specifically for, for folks or for situations, I've always remembered to pray, and God changed me. So many times we pray that this person will change or this person will change. My circumstance will change. But then maybe the prayer is, Lord, maybe I'm the one that needs to change in the midst of everything that's going on. There's a beautiful passage of scripture found in Luke chapter 11. It will be familiar to many of you, but it's a great uh, message that I hope and pray God speaks to us through tonight. Begin with verse 1 of Luke chapter 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Obviously, one of the disciples loved how Jesus prayed, and they were eager to pray like Christ. And so he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And Lead us not into temptation. Certainly this is a part of the Lord's Prayer that many times we have shared. It's also found in Matthew chapter 6. And then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give to the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. This is a great parable that Jesus teaches, not only his disciples, but teaches us. And bottom line, it's talking about the persistence of prayer, how to pray it through without giving up or without growing weary. We've all probably been praying for this virus to end. We've been praying that soon there will be a cure, there will be a vaccine, that things are going to change. I was just sharing with some of you before the service that we have all missed, or a lot of us have missed, the, the fellowship of being together and, and being able to embrace and to 
love one another and, and to see our brothers and sisters in Christ or even our earthly family members. Some maybe have not been able to see. I talked to one of our members that shared for all these months now. They've visited with their family on their front porch because of fear of the virus, because of underlying health issues, or because of their age. And so there's been a, a desire to want to be with folks. But I hope that we will keep praying it through. And here's this picture of someone going to their neighbor at, at midnight because a, a friend was on a journey who comes in. Well, the Middle Eastern people had a, a great custom of showing hospitality to people like many of you. I know you cannot go to my grandmother, Ma Lester, my dad's mom's house. You cannot, I've told you this before, you cannot go in the house without her getting you to eat. I'm not hungry, Ma. I've already, sit down here. You need to eat something. Then she starts pulling out of the refrigerator. You've had family members or maybe you're that person too. You, you need to eat something. So she's getting up. I, I would hear my dad go, Mother, we just ate. We're not, ah, you can eat some more. Ah, you can eat some more. So that's what she'd do. She'd get up, but that was her love language. She was showing love by the delicious food, and she was a great cook, and she'd pull out that sweet tea that had been sitting in that refrigerator just getting sweeter and sweeter. I mean, you take a, a drink of that tea, and that, that was good stuff. But here's the picture of this friend going over to their neighbor, knocking on the door. The neighbor saying, it's midnight. You have to understand a poor family in Israel uh, maybe living all in a one-room house, the kids, the, the parents. And if they were really poor, even the livestock inside the house as well. And somebody's coming over at midnight, and i got to step over the kids and the and the sheep and the chickens, whatever else. I, I don't want to wake everybody up, so what what are you doing? It's midnight. How many of us, if a neighbor came and knocked on the door at midnight, so I need three loaves of bread, we'd say, have you lost your mind? What, Willis, what you talking about? What are you doing? I, this is ridiculous. But if we had hospitality and we loved our neighbor and our friend it wouldn't matter we'd say look I'll, I'll give you what I have I'll, I'll do you know whatever I can do for you and so I tell you he said in verse 8 even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship yet because of your audacity he will surely get up and give you as much as you need so I say to you ask and in this Context, ask and keep on asking. Ask and keep on asking. Why do we ask? Well, Jesus told us to. But then also in James chapter 4, uh, verses 2 and 3, you desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. But we are to ask. The reason we have not is because we ask not. But James also said our hearts need to be right when we ask. Our, our motives need to be pure. The reason that we're asking in this parable, there was a genuine need that someone wanted to give their guest, a friend, food when they were hungry. It wasn't a selfish reason. He didn't want to get up at midnight and feed a, a traveler, but he was doing what he saw the need in helping his friend. Maybe you've asked the question, how long should we pray for something? Have you ever asked is this, have I been praying long enough for something and now I've, the time frame has expired and I'm going to quit praying? Well, if I would have taken that advice, I would still be single. 
because I prayed for years and years for God to bring someone. I, I knew I desired to be married and, and to have children, and so I prayed and I prayed and I, and I prayed. My mother was praying. My dad was praying. I had friends praying. I mean, all of Kentucky was praying. I know many of our church members were praying. Every time I'd go to a restaurant to eat with some of our church members, you know, they'd be trying to fix me up with waitresses. And, you know, anytime I'd go to the hospital, they would try to, I'd be visiting a church member. I remember going over to visit some folks in Versailles, and they were trying to fix me up with the nurse there. And, I mean, so I was praying and praying. And, but I understand after a while, sometimes if we don't see an answer, it would be tempting to say, well, I'm giving up on my prayer. Maybe that's where you are right now. And sometimes the reason we struggle is we look at it as an issue of faith. Sometimes we feel like when we keep asking and praying for something or for someone and we don't see answer, we sometimes start doubting, well, maybe I don't have enough faith. Maybe that's the reason my prayer is not being answered. And I want to tell you, that's not always the case. I know many great people of faith who have prayed for healing and prayed for, for different things in their lives, and maybe God had a different plan and so we pray for God's will to be done. I remember visiting a lady years ago with one of our churchmen. Well, there was a handful of us that went over and had a prayer and healing service, anointed her with oil and prayed over her, and she had cancer. She was a wonderful woman of faith, but a friend of hers, maybe with good intention, said, maybe the reason your prayer hasn't been answered and you haven't been healed is because you don't have enough faith. And it hurt her deeply because she was a great believer and had great faith in the Lord to do what she couldn't do. And so I tried to, as well as some other sweet Christian folks, to let her know that these things we don't understand why the, the miracle comes or the prayer on this side of eternity comes or does not come because we have faith knowing that God can do all things and all things are possible for those who believe. But we struggle sometimes with the issue of faith. And sometimes we struggle with the issue of guilt. We start feeling guilty. Should I keep praying? I've told you before about yo-yo faith. Yo-yo faith, we give something to God and then we take it back. We pray for something or, or give a problem to God or a worry or... We give it to God, and then the next day, whoop, we take it back. I'm going to worry more. I'm going to have fear again. That yo-yo. But when it comes to praying, we don't need to feel guilty. The devil tries to cause doubt and discouragement to you and me when sometimes we don't see answer and we think, well, maybe I shouldn't keep asking. I mean, I know God heard me. And the devil will say, why do you keep asking? You must not have enough faith. You're doubting. And he'll really try to discourage us. And so don't allow the devil to trick you and me into feeling guilty that we're still praying and still praying for what God has placed on our heart. Ask and keep asking. But then he said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Seek and keep seeking. What did Jesus tell his disciples in that verse that we often quote Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given or added unto you. And that's, that's what we're to do. We're to seek him. When this, in this parable, this friend went to their neighbor, they, they were seeking a need that needed to be met. They, they went, they asked, and they were seeking the bread that they wanted to give their guest. We go seeking to God to give us our daily bread or to give us what our needs are, and we seek his guidance and his wisdom and his spirit's leading. 
And a verse we just shared last week, uh, Philippians 4.19, and Paul wrote, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And we know that God wants to meet our needs, but we have to seek him. I just had the privilege yesterday of doing something, and you, you may hear it again on a Sunday, but last week I got a call from one of our church members asking that if I would be willing to have a prayer and talk to one of his employees. And I said, why, sure, and said, well, he's getting ready to have a very serious surgery and I mean, it's it's uh, could be life or death. It was a brain surgery. And said, uh, I asked him if he knew Jesus Christ, and if he were not to make it off that operating table, would his eternal life be secure? And he said, uh, my friend didn't know. And he said, would you talk to him? So yesterday. I, I sat up here on these steps, and they sat out on the front row, and I began to talk to this gentleman, and uh, he was very genuine, very sincere, and one of the things our church member had shared that he had shared, that he felt like he needed to get his life straightened out before coming to God. There were so many things he needed to work out before. And I said, man, you got it backward. I said, we come to him. We seek first his kingdom and all these other things. I said, but if you flip it around and we try to take care of all these things and we put God down here, then forget it. And I said, if you're waiting to be good enough, then none of us would ever be saved or be Christians because we're never going to be good enough. That's why it's called God's grace. It's a gift. It's, it's not something that we earn by our goodness. It's by his grace and his mercy that we can even be saved. But after talking for a good while and sharing Christ with him, I'm so grateful. He prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart as his Lord and Savior and uh, I'm going to try after the service tonight to get in touch with my friend to see how the surgery went. But um, I told him, I said, regardless of what happens tomorrow, which is today, I said, you're going to be fine because you've made peace with God and you don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. And that's all of us. When we seek him and we keep seeking him he'll meet our need it may not be exactly the way we wanted but it'll be what we needed so i love that he says seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you well we knock and keep knocking here's this audacious shameless neighbor Go away. Shh, my kids are asleep. You're going to wake them. Shh, be very, very quiet. Well, honey, wabbits. But he, knocking on the door, beating on the, you know, what? Shh, you're going to wake the house. What are you doing? Well, finally, did you all get the effect? Did I make my point clear? Finally, you know, here's the bread. <laughs> because they knew the importance of showing hospitality no matter what hour of the day or night. No matter what the day, no matter what the hour, day or night, how much more does God love you and me that our Heavenly Father would not, uh, for a father that loved his child, you know, would not give a snake when asked for a fish or when asking for an egg, give a scorpion. You know, this neighbor was unwilling, but finally through persistence gave. How much more were our loving father who is willing 
to give to you and me will give to us and give us more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so we knock and keep knocking it. It described as shameless audacity, but you know what this could be called? Faith and confidence. Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need so that we not might, may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I just think we're in a day and time where we need to keep asking God, seeking him, and we keep knocking. Don't get tired of knocking because he loves us and he wants to do for us, but he also wants to know that we're seeking him above all things and all people, that we're coming to him because we know he can meet our every need. And I believe tonight that if our, if our church, if our families, if our state, our country, or if, if, if people could just turn to our heavenly father, the man, there's no telling what could happen. We would see the change. We would see the renewal, revival, the healing. But so many people don't bother me. I, I've got better things that I, you know, I've been praying. I quit praying a long time ago. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Would you pray it through tonight? I'm asking you to pray it through. Pray for this pandemic to end. Pray for your family to come to know Christ. Pray for your coworkers. I told my friend, I said, I'm so proud of you that you had the boldness to share Christ and bring him to meet with me. I said, that, that, that was a blessing. And he's done that before with people. And I said, I'm so proud of you for being an ambassador for Christ. Maybe there's someone you could share with or, and I, or bring them to me and I'd be delighted to share with them the love of Christ. But to pray for salvation and revival and spiritual awakening and we have an election coming up next week. We need to pray for our country, for God's will to be done. You know, Jesus prayed uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thy will, your will be done. And that's what we need to pray. And to be ready, if it's not how we wanted things to go, that God's got a plan. God has a plan. So as we close out and you're saying, well, how long shall I pray for something? Pray until you know that it's not God's will. Pray until you know that it's not God's will. And you say, well, how do I know if it's God's will? Well, God's Spirit will never lead you opposite of His Word. And if you're praying for something that is not in line with the Word of God, then it's not God's will. He would not lead you or me to do something that's not in accordance or in line with His Word. So we keep praying until we say, okay, maybe you've before prayed about a person or a job and you go on, you want to, but your relationship is not godly or your work situation is, is dishonest or dishonorable, you know, and you're, you're praying for God's will. Well, I think many times we already know the answer, but we're trying to pray it through for what we want instead of God's will. I really like this person. I know they're probably not the best. I really like this job, even though there's some uh, some dishonest stuff going on back here or lying here and cheating. That's not God's will because it doesn't align with his word. Or we pray until God answers your prayer. You keep praying until God answers. Now that means it might be no. <laughs> Or it might be yes, but it'll be answered. I mean, look at Paul, one of the greatest people in all of God's word, certainly in the New Testament, 
when he had the thorn in his flesh, he pleaded with the Lord, not once, that's why three times. And what, what did the Lord tell him in 2 Corinthians 12, 9? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So the answer wasn't, yes, you served me faithfully, and don't you think Paul had faith? Of course he did. But he said, basically, God, I'm pleading for this, but you know what's best. And God said, well, my grace is sufficient. And so I'm going to boast all the more in my weaknesses because of this revelation you've given me. I'm going to give you the glory. And, and we think about what he said back in Romans 8, 28, that God works together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And you have to know tonight, God's working together for the good of us who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. So I want to challenge you tonight to pray it through. Don't quit praying. Keep on praying. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking because God is our loving Father who not only hears, but he'll open that door. And all we have to do is place our trust in him. May we pray together. God, tonight we thank you for this message that Jesus gave that's so relevant today. Father, there are folks in this church, folks that are watching tonight, and, and they've been praying, God, for that special someone to come into their life. They've experienced loneliness. They've seen friends or others find love, and God, they're disheartened and discouraged and ready to give up. Oh, God, would you remind them that they are not alone, that you are with them and us always. Never will you leave us, never will you forsake us. Comfort them, and Lord, I pray that you would prepare, even now, that special someone to come into their life. Father, maybe it's house cleaning that needs to be done before that happens. I'm talking about our spiritual lives. Our, our lives would be cleaned up. And then you're going to reveal, Lord, that special someone Father, maybe it's been a, a job, and we've been praying for this job, praying for this job. And, and Lord, it's possible that the reason this door is closed because you have a better job up ahead, a better opportunity, and we were going to settle for less than your best. Father, maybe it is in a, an important decision. Father, we have an important decision coming up next week, and Lord, some have already voted and made that decision. But, Father, our country is divided, and we need healing in our country. Father, I know that the devil is a liar and a deceiver, and he'd love nothing more than to divide families, to divide churches, to divide our country, to divide our world. And as I was speaking with my brother in Christ before the, the service, this is a time that the whole world is experiencing, Lord, a, a crisis. This pandemic is, is not just one group of it, it's worldwide. Lord, if there were ever a time to seek you and to turn from our wicked way, it would be now. So, Father, I pray uh, that your will would be done in this election. And Father, that we as followers of Christ would, would pledge to pray for and to support whoever gets elected, even if it's not the one we wanted. But Lord, our responsibility as Christians is to pray for those in authority and to pray for those in leadership positions. So God, we pray for your will to be done. And Lord, we pray right now for those leaders, for our president and vice president and for our governor and, 
and Lord, for local leaders. And Father, we pray for our schools. Lord, I know many schools, like our children's school, have been back in for, for weeks, but I know that even today, or this week rather, uh, Franklin County schools have gone back to a, a hybrid type of schooling. And Father, we pray for safety. Father, we know that the COVID numbers are spiking, and we pray, Lord, that you would protect families, protect our children. Father, be with the teachers and administrators and decision makers. Oh, God, this is a difficult time for everyone. And Father, just uh, help me, help us as a church and church staff to stay encouraged, God, during this difficult time. And Lord, forgive me when I've allowed the devil to discourage me and bring doubt and Father, concern for the future of not only this church, but churches in general. Oh, God, may you keep us strong and may we stay faithful and keep our eyes fixed upon you. And Lord, may uh, folks pray, continue to pray for me and our staff and this church as we try to navigate through this difficult season. We need you, God. Lord, I just pray for so many on our prayer list tonight. And Father, I know that folks that are a part of this family of faith will be receiving these prayer requests tonight through email. But God, we have so many that are in the hospital or recovering from surgeries or facing surgeries and our extended church family, so many needs, Lord, are out there on top of this COVID. And God, I just pray for your will to be done, but I pray for miracles of healing, and I praise you for healing that's taken place in people even now. And for those, God, who are growing discouraged because they've not seen the breakthrough, may they stay faithful, God, because you're still the Lord of miracles. And we pray for many miracles of healing and salvation. And Lord, I'm grateful and I give you all glory for my friend that came to Christ yesterday. And I pray, Lord, that you brought him safely through this surgery today. And I'm grateful for our friend who cared enough about his, his friend to bring him here so that he might hear the message of Christ. Lord, may we all be challenged to pray for our family and friends and neighbors and, Lord, even take the step of bringing them to know Christ. So, Father, we just love you so much. Bless each one here. Bless those watching. Father, I pray that you would prepare us for the service on Sunday and and Lord, may we see people make decisions for Christ both in this place and, and even in their homes or wherever they might worship. And Lord, we're just thanking you for what you're going to do. Lord, we're going to pray through it and we're going to pray, Father, uh, that your will would be done. For we pray all these things in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight and again, allowing the Spirit of God. And I hope that you are encouraged tonight to keep praying and, and keep uh, asking and seeking and knocking because God's in control and he's got a plan and the devil wants us to give up. He wants us to throw in the towel. He wants to say, why do you keep, he heard you the first time. No, we're gonna keep on persistence, keep knocking and I've, you know, there's another parable similar in Matthew, you know, about the persistent widow who kept uh, going to the judge and she was continuing to go until the judge. So we keep, keep on keeping on, approach the throne of God, his grace with confidence. But tonight I'm thankful again that Tim is going to come and, and he's going to 
close us out in song, and I hope and pray you have a blessed rest of the week and look forward to seeing all of you either here or online on Sunday. God bless you. And then when he finishes out, then we'll, we're going to pray over this sanctuary for Sunday. So I invite you, if you feel led to, to stay where you are, and we'll just pray over these pews if you need to go. Thanks for worshiping with us. Tim, if you'll lead us. Let's close by singing Sanctuary. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a I'll be a living sanctuary.